Open your Bibles to the book of Exodus chapter 19. This morning when I got up early, I know this is going to sound weird, but this is what the Lord spoke into my spirit. Are you lovesick for me? Are you lovesick for me? Let's read. Exodus 19 and verse 4. You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, Brother Jordan, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. Put your Bibles down, put your hands together, and thank God for the confirmation of His Word today. You may be seated. Now, history has it that once upon a time, back in the early 70s, there was a young lady named Judith Sue Bingham. And there was a heathen kid from the streets that came by whose name was Danny St. Clair. And about 1974, 73, 74, I finally got her attention. We'd known each other a long time. But before Arvine was cool, Bishop R.B. Bingham put a camper in the back of his big Chevy pickup. It's those kind that sit in the bed. You climb up in the back of them. And they set off on vacation to see some of the most beautiful parts of our country. But all I heard when I got back was, Judy ruined our vacation. You want to know why she ruined their vacation? Because she was lovesick. That was back before cell phones. There was no way to text or FaceTime. FaceTime meant something different then, Brother Kevin. And every day, her daddy said, all she would say is, I want to go home. Because she wanted to see her beau. Woo-wee. Man, I wish she still felt like that now. She was lovesick. And nothing was going to make her happy but to be in the presence of the one that she loved. And this morning I want to say something to you. God tells us clearly why He took us out of Egypt. 
He says to us, you've seen what I did to Egypt and that I carried you on the wings of eagles and brought you to me. And you will be a treasure to me from among all people. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me right now. While we were brought out of a natural Egypt, we were brought out of this world for one purpose and one purpose alone. He brought Israel out of Egypt to bring them to Him. And He brought you out of the world to bring you to Him. Come on, somebody. He didn't do it so you'd fall in love with the world again. He did it so that nothing else in your life would ever satisfy you but to be where He is. He took us out because He wanted us to enter into a relationship of love with Him. He took us out of Egypt because He wanted us to enter into a relationship of love with Him. Mamonides compares the love of God to the all-consuming love of a lovesick man for his beloved. He thinks of her constantly. When he rests, when he gets up, when he eats, when he drinks. More than this should the love of man be for his creator. You know what? I know this sounds a little weird. Maybe. But I want to tell you something. There's never a time in my life that I don't feel like God's just right there. Amen. Somebody said, well, do you walk around and float on the air six inches off the ground? No, not at all. But I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, Brother Jordan, that he and I made a covenant one day at an altar of prayer in a baptismal full of water that washed away my sins and covered my sins with his blood. And he sealed the covenant because he filled me with his spirit. And it's the same thing he did for his son. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And he let the Holy Ghost settle down like a dove. Uh, Come on, somebody, I'm telling you, he's not anywhere that I'm not, and I'm not anywhere that he's not. You want to know why? Because I'm lovesick for him, and I don't want to be anywhere that he's not. I wish somebody helped me right now. I don't want to see anything that would break that covenant. I don't want to hear anything that would break that covenant. Are you lovesick for God? More than this. How can you love more than what was described? Listen to me. Turn in your Bibles. To Numbers chapter 15. And the Lord, verse 37, I'm sorry. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and bid them that they make them fringes 
in the borders of their garments throughout their generations. And that they put on the fringe of the borders a ribbon of blue. And it shall be unto you for a fringe that you may look upon it and remember the commandments of the Lord and do them. And that you seek not after your own heart and your own eyes after which you use to go a-whoring. Woo. That ye may remember and do all my commandments and be holy unto your God. I am the Lord your God which brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. I want somebody to know that he's not interested in an affair. He's not interested in a one night stand or a Sunday morning, Sunday night date. I need somebody to help me right now. He's not interested in you flirting with the world or flirting with something else. He's interested in one thing. He said, I did everything I did not for you to do whatever you want to do, but I did it because I want you to understand I don't intend for anything else or anyone else to be your God. I am the Lord your God. I wish somebody praise Him for that right now. Life is filled with sensory stimulation. TV, radio, billboards, internet. It is expertly designed to tap into your visceral drives. And the natural inclination is to pursue that stimuli relentlessly. I went to my mother's for a few minutes on Saturday, and she had the television on. And, uh, I mean, I, I'd been at her house maybe five minutes, and there was a commercial that came on, and it kind of shocked me a little. Not a lot, but a little. It had to do with some... AIDS medication or HIV medication. And uh, it wasn't a man and a woman that was kissing on the television screen. Some of y'all act like you've seen it. It was a man hugging up on another hairy-legged man. Kissing him on the cheek. God, what's wrong with this world? It was two women hugging up on each other. Well, if you hadn't done that in the first place, you wouldn't have needed that drug for HIV. (laughs) 
But it's, our world is set to stimulate us. But I want you to listen. As I begin to look today and study for just a little bit, I realize and understand 613, brother Jordan, 613 laws are a little bit extensive. But I'm going to tell you that the Torah has some good stuff in it. And as I begin to look today, I begin to understand the Torah says, don't be misled by your heart and your eyes. Look, look, look at it. I read it to you already, but verse 39, where I, I started. And it shall be unto you for a friends that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. That you seek not after your own heart and your own eyes, after which you use to go a whoring. Listen, I'm not trying to be crude or mean, but the Lord said, if you let your eyes go looking anywhere else but me, you're no better than a whore. My God, that's strong language. I didn't say it, I just read it to you. Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 9 said, The heart is deceitful above all things. And desperately wicked. Who can know it? Watch me. You need to stay with me right here. Because this is the gist of everything that I'm going to say here in the next few minutes. There are two aspects. Your heart and your eyes. And the writer said, don't be misled by your heart. Oh, but I love it, preacher. If you love it and it's taking your attention off of God and your relationship with God, I already told you what you are. The verse literally says, don't be misled by your hearts, hearts, plural, and eyes. But do we really have two hearts? Thanks for asking. Life's moral struggle stems from two conflicting inclinations. Two hearts in every human being. Our divine soul, the Yetzer Tov, Wants to do all the right things. To love humanity. To seek justice. To be altruistic. To be sensible. To be honorable. To be responsible. It desires to grow. And achieve. And fulfill. Its potential. Ultimately it seeks to emulate. Listen to me. And connect with its infinite, eternal source, the Almighty. Human beings also have a body or animal soul called the Yetzer Hara. 
It seeks satisfaction for the moment. To escape into a world of comfort. It's the old adage that says, if it feels good, do it. It's that that brings immediate gratification to us. Oh, I know it might not really be, it may be a little edgy, but if it makes me feel good, surely it couldn't be wrong. I'm trying to tell somebody, you know what? I'm lovesick for God. I don't have my eyes on anything but God. I don't have my heart on anything but God. Oh, I'm going to go somewhere today, but I'm telling you right now, I've been married to that sweet little thing over there for 46 years. I don't have my eyes on anybody else. Don't have any idea about anybody else. In fact, Brother Shaw, if anything happens to her, there ain't going to be anybody else. I don't have time to train somebody that long again. I am lovesick for God. Brother Snow, there's nothing in this world that means enough to me that I would let it distract me from my love for an almighty God. What I want to do in the morning when I wake up... Is what it takes to please God. What it takes to let God know I love you today more than I loved you yesterday. And I love you tomorrow more than I love you today. Because I don't want there to be anything in between me and you. Are you lovesick for God? I I uh, I want to get to a couple of things here. The, the body wants to eat, sleep, and lust. It's the second heart I'm talking about. The body wants to eat, sleep, and lust. But let me let you in on a little something. It is destined for the grave. It's not going to live on. I, we were sitting at, we, Sister St. Clair and I went to a little campground for a couple days. And we were sitting parked next to a really sweet little couple from Louisville, Kentucky. In fact, we, we bummed a ride with them into town. So we didn't have a vehicle with us. So they were very sweet, but she was talking about her daughter. Uh, lives actually lives in Muncie, and she's in this. Uh, uh, it's not strongman competition, but it, it, it's Iron Man. That's it. And uh, she was telling us how her daughter trains and how she loads up with these carbs, and she says her legs are so muscular. And she's kind of walking around with a little limp. Said I told her. Said one of these days. I have my knee replaced, she said. said, one of these days, all that's going to break down. You may think that you're invincible today. You may think that you got the world by the tail. But I'm going to tell you, just one piece at a time, that old human body's going to break down. And the only thing that's going to matter in the end... Uh, 
I said the only thing that's going to matter in the end is where that first heart is. It's where your relationship with your creator is. Because your body's going back to the dirt where it came from. But your soul is going to live forever somewhere. You better get lovesick for God. So that no thing or anybody can distract you or take you away from Him. Life's moral struggle stems from two hearts. Two hearts. We need to develop awareness of the struggle going on inside. Paul knew about it. He said, when I would do good, Evil's present. He said, what I know I should do, that's not what I'm doing. Come on, you're there. You know what I'm talking about. I'm telling you, we got to get love sick for God. We got to get to the place that we override our sensual desires to do the things that please us. Uh, we got to do what we got to do to get in the presence of God and say, God, I want to do it, but I'm not going to do it because I love you more than I want to do it. I, I, I know this is, this is a little heavy, but pastor will be back tonight. We need somehow to understand what feels good cannot win out to what is objectively true and good. For example, you want to use your time effectively, but you desire to procrastinate. You want to eat healthy. Yet you desire chocolate cake. You want to acquire wisdom. Yet you desire to watch TV. My wife told me a while ago back to that chocolate cake. Friday was her birthday. Brother and Sister Snow came down and hung out with us a little bit, but we, 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 didn't, we didn't get a birthday cake Friday. So yesterday I had to go in the Wally world and pick up a couple of things, which I despise. So I went into Wally world and I wandered over there. Sister Megan, it wasn't a Megan Russell cake, but I wandered over there. And got a little carrot cake. Now she thought it was just for her birthday. I've been doing keto for the last four or five weeks, whatever eternity it's been. And guess what, Brother Sean? I got a piece of that carrot cake. Because when I would be skinny... My belly said, give me cake. 
on now. You know what I'm talking about. We know what we need to do. You know, I'm not being mean. Please don't misunderstand me here. But, you know, it's amazing to me what we don't get sometimes when we understand really what's happening here is our bodies are deteriorating all the time and we need to do everything we can to keep them as healthy as we can and we don't understand when we're 20 it don't matter when we're 30 it don't matter when we're 40 it starts to matter and when we're 50 it really matters and when we're 60 it's full blown you shouldn't have done that Come on, somebody, help me right here. Well, you know what? I really, I really want to lose weight, do you? Let me tell you how to do that. Just quit bending your elbow. Oh, I know I'm meddling now. I'm trying to tell you that there's something inside every one of us that knows what's right. But watch, listen to me, I'm going to give you a word right here. Want, everybody say want. Want is for permanence. Well, what do you mean, Bishop? Okay, I'll explain it. Pastor says Gerber style. Here, here's, we'll go back to the diet thing for a minute. Since that seems to be on my mind. I, I, I used to pick it, folks, and say this. A minute on the lips is a lifetime on the hips. It's okay. You can laugh. Lighten up a little bit. What I'm trying to tell you is, if you want that ice cream bar... It's permanent. And the more you eat of them, the more permanent it becomes. Well, I got to get back to something spiritual. That's why it's so important that you not be misled by your heart. You have to know that you're in a fight in your body. Every time you say, I don't feel like it, you're losing the fight. Oh, stay with me right here. Your body is heavy. It doesn't feel like moving. The alarm clock goes off in the morning. You want to get out of bed and start your day, but you roll over and hit the snooze button and end up sleeping late. It's a tug of war every day of our lives. But the Yetzer Hurrah makes all kinds of promises. Sleep a little more. Have a good meal. Relax. But it's an illusion. I said it's an illusion. There's only one way to get true pleasure out of this world. Tighten up and keep fighting. That's good preaching whether you like it or not. I'm telling you, we've got to get some self-discipline about our lives, spirit, 
physically and materially. We got to make up our mind that God wins. I'm lovesick for God. I'm going to please God. No matter what else goes on in my life, I'm going to please God. How do you strengthen your willpower? Take pleasure in fighting. Let me say it again. Take pleasure in fighting. Because the harder you fight, the more reward you get. The sages say, according to the pain is the reward. When I used to go to the gym, they used to say... No pain, no gain. Amen. It can be very confusing to sort out which heart is talking at any one time. Even as I speak to you today, and the Spirit is nudging you, pay attention. That will make you great. But your body contradicts and says, oh no, that's too painful. That's too much to give up. That's too much effort. I'm doing just fine the way I am. Are you? Are you? Are you doing just fine? You see, every moment of life, in thousands of decisions, your two hearts clash. And only by taking on the battle for spirituality will you find lasting pleasure. How would you want to eulogize a loved one? How would you want to eulogize them? Would you say, Uncle Charlie drove a gorgeous Lexus? He played golf on the world's finest courses? He dined at exquisite restaurants? Of course not. Of course not. You'll reach for something meaningful. He helped other people. He was a good father. He was a kind person. Everyone knows that you can spend your entire life following the body, going for illusions. Chasing after more expensive cars or a fancier house. But in the end, it's bankrupt. You you don't understand, I don't think, if your pursuits are contrary to the pursuits of God. I don't care what kind of a house you live in. I don't care what kind of a car you drive. One of these days, they're going to be empty. pastor said it just this past week. He said, when the rapture happens, you can have my house. You can have my car. You you can have my bank account. I won't need it. Come on. I'm telling you that I'm in pursuit of a world that's beyond this world. A place where I won't need a house because he's already gone away to prepare me one. I won't need somebody to come fix my street because my street's going to be made of pure gold. Come on. I won't need somebody.
somebody to filter my water because the water's going to be a crystal sea. That's what I'm after. That's why I'm in love with God. I don't care about this world. I don't care about its pursuits. I just want more of God. Don't be deluded this morning. I didn't say diluted. I said deluded. Be aware of the conflict between what you deep down want and the desires that get in the way. On any decision, ask, what does my soul want versus what does my body want? In the great game of life, whether you win or lose depends upon which voice is the loudest at the moment of decision. It's a conflict between the body and soul. If the body is so dangerous, how do we deal with it? Watch this. Put up Deuteronomy 6 and 5 for me. The Torah says it like this. To love God with both hearts. Watch what it says. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Are you hearing me right now? The divine soul and the animal soul. The soul and the body. The Torah said, God spoke and said, I want you to love me with it all. Don't reserve something for yourself. Don't reserve something for your human desire. But let every desire that you have be a spiritual desire. A desire to love God more. A desire to be closer to God more. How does that, how does that work, Bishop? God made a physical world not to frustrate us, but for us to enjoy. The Talmud says that if a person has the opportunity to taste a new fruit and refuses to do so, he'll have to account for it in the world to come. Yet one of the hardest hardest challenges is to know how much materialism is good for you and how much is too much. Imagine this. A body is to the soul as a car is to the driver. You have to maintain your car mechanically and fuel it with quality gasoline. And if you abuse the car, it won't take you where you want to go. And to keep it looking good, you should periodically take it to the car wash and vacuum the interior too. 
Notice the car is not more important than the driver. Someone who neglects his family and instead spends endless hours waxing and coddling his car has obviously lost his sense of priority. So too, with the body and soul, sometimes you should indulge your body so your soul can accomplish more. I call that a campfire. Uh, you get it in a minute. After you've completed a difficult project, for example, you might reward yourself with a meal at a fancy restaurant. Keep the body feeling good so the soul can tackle life's next challenge. Child raising, career, social unrest. Just do not indulge So much in physical pleasure for its own sake. Don't make materialism the goal of your existence. That is the violation of don't be misled by your heart. My wife, my wife is a spendthrift. That's good. I'm not, that's not critical. She, she watches pennies and dimes and nickels and quarters. She watches it. I tell her sometimes, Brother Kevin, she said, babe, we got we to gotta slow down a little bit. And I said, oh, babe, if we don't spend it, the kids are going to get it. <laughs> it won't be very to pastor and be driving my car. Uh, man, y'all are tight today. It's going to happen. And what you own today won't mean nothing in 30 years. If you've spent all your time feeding your flesh and feeding your materialistic body, it won't mean anything. The Bible said moth and rust are going to corrupt it. It's all going away. But your relationship with God won't go away. It's a guarantee that in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the trump of God is going to sound. And the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Then those of us which are alive and remain are going to rise to meet Him in the air because I'm lovesick for God. Nothing else is going to work, Brother Joe. I just got to see Jesus. I'll try to hurry. The name of the game is self-discipline, not oppression, not oppression. Use a controlled amount for the right reasons at the right time. The more disciplined you are with your urges, 
the more you're able to enjoy them because you become a master over them. Every time I walk by that chocolate bar, I don't need you today. Come on, somebody. The more that you fight it, the more that you resist it, the stronger you become and the more power that you have over it. Come on. Every time you give in, the devil wins. But every time you resist, what's the Bible say? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I've come to tell somebody today you can win this battle, but you've got to get lovesick for God so that when temptation comes, there's something inside of you that says, nope, it's not worth the risk. I'm not going to disrupt my covenant. I'm not going to disrupt my relationship with him. When engaging, this is a good one, in physical activity, eating, sleeping, talking, stop for a moment and ask yourself, why am I doing this? What's, what's the goal? Am I using it to dull Reality, or will it energize me to accomplish other things? Will it bring me closer to God or further away? When you have a cup of coffee, those of you that are spiritual, what will you do with that burst of energy? Harness your body's passion and fuel your soul's purpose. Take what you have and give it to God and watch what God will do with it. Listen, I'm, I'm going to go back to something personal here and I am trying to hurry, but watch this. Those of you that were privileged to know Bishop R.B. Bingham, you'll appreciate this. I'm telling you, when I started dating that little daughter of his, Mom, he didn't like me. She said, I know it. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't that it wasn't obvious. He didn't like me. Lisa, I was just a poor old street kid. My family was divorced. My mother and daddy were broken up. My mama was raising us kids by herself. We didn't really have anything to offer. She was a preacher's kid with a long apostolic heritage. He wanted somebody that was going to preserve that heritage. I understand that. I get that. I know that I wasn't what he wanted for her. But it's worked out pretty good. We've been together for almost 50 years. Been married almost 47 years. 
But my point is this. You've got to pour into that that's important. You've got to make up your mind to take care of that that is important in your life. Quit wasting your time on things that aren't going to produce results and bring about something that glorifies God. I'm going to close with this. It gives you hope. Don't stray after your heart. But I want to look at something else. Don't stray after your eyes. Western society places heavy emphasis on the visual. If it looks good... It must be good. The media bombards us with so many visual images that we're often unaware of its effects. But be assured it's luring you deeper and deeper into non-spiritual pursuits. When you see those images, fantasize how wonderful life could be if only I had product X. You are deluding yourself into thinking that materialism will satisfy your deepest desires. It's a violation. Don't stray after your eyes. I I had to giggle a little bit yesterday. I know it's terrible. Forgive me, but sometimes I'm a little cynical. I saw a little news blip yesterday. Just had a horrible hurricane in Florida. And they were the news article was showed a electric car sitting in the street. By the way, who in the world would want an electric Mustang? What in the world? Who in the world would want an electric Lincoln? But they were talking about this particular electric car said that all of the floodwaters and rain that happened down there during the hurricane, that those cars are blowing up in the middle of the street. Now, I, I, I heard something. And i, I got to get this done. I heard something that said if one of those batteries goes out of one of those cars, it's $35,000 to replace that battery. could just drive that electric car. Man, people would see me driving up and down the street and say, my, my, looky there. You know what I do? I laugh at them sitting in that car in that mask. Oh, see there. I was doing so good. So how do we avoid that trap? The key is to stay out of tempting situations. If you were on a diet, you shouldn't bring chocolate cake into the house every day. You simply don't need to expose yourself to that challenge. If you want to keep your eyes 
protective fence. Walls work. Avoid temptation. Avoid compromising situations in the first place. If you know you're weak sexually, you know that a woman or a man is a temptation to you, don't put yourself in that position because your flesh is going to win. Oh, you're not going to help me. I'm telling you, if you get lovesick for God, you won't entertain everything uh, that your body wants. uh, Every desire that your body wants. Don't try to be a hero. What are you doing, Samson? Ah, it's no issue. I've got power. The anointing hits me every time I get in a situation and I kill the enemy. It's not an issue. Oh, I sure do love Delilah, though. What are you doing, Samson? Well, I got my head in Delilah's lap. Those first few questions, they were just probing questions. They didn't get to the bottom of the whole thing, but she was after something else. You know, just let let me again. You know what kills me? I I see preachers that fall to immorality, and and I hate that. I, I, I despise it. It puts a mark on the ministry besides destroys their families. But I, I want you to watch me right here. Newsflash right here. That woman or that man that's trying to take your virtue, that woman or that man that's trying to tear up your family, that woman or that man that's trying to destroy your character, they're not interested in you. You know what they want? They want to say, I got the preacher. I destroyed the ministry. Do you hear what I'm telling you? That that's appealing to your body is doing nothing but destroying your relationship with God. It's not worth it. Get lovesick for God and that won't be an issue for you. I wish somebody lift your hands to the Lord and praise Him right now. Story is told of a king who trained a cat to serve as a waiter. The king, in order to show off this incredible feat, invited all of his ministers to a special banquet. The cat served the appetizer, the soup, the entree. Everything went fine until a mouse ran by cat ran after the mouse and all the dishes came crashing down. So what a stupid story, Bishop. It's really not when I explain. The lesson here is that no matter how hard you try to master your body, you can't totally, totally negate your yetzer hurrah. Your body's drives 
are instinctive. And they tug at you constantly. You may be committed to high spiritual pursuits. But when that handsome young man or that pretty young girl walks by, you can be distracted. A few years ago, we were in Israel. Music could come, whoever's going to play if you want to. We were in Israel and we went to the Western Wall. And they have the wall separated. Women on one side, men on the other side. But you know what? In the 21st century, that seems odd, but... As I began to study even this today, I'm made to understand God wanted men to be separated from women so that there was no distraction in the spiritual pursuit of what needed to go on at that western wall. Years ago, even in this church years ago, men would pray on one side and women would pray on the other. Some of you that have been around, you remember that. You know, we kind of gotten away from that, and that's all right. But what I'm trying to get you to understand is this, is that there are things that will keep you distracted from the purpose of God in your life. Some of you are here today, and you don't even have a relationship with God right now. I'm telling you that the devil will do everything he can to put things in your life to keep you from making a commitment to God. Let's stand. I want to tell you today as I leave this pulpit that humility defeats ego. What is the constant challenge? Don't stray after your heart. It's the test of ego. Human nature is to see ourselves as the center of everything. Underneath it all is ego. My world, my accomplishments, my growth. It's all about me. And if I could sum all of this up today, I know I've been a lot of different directions this morning. But if I could just leave it to you like this, and this is going to be a hard word. People think that atheism is based on evidence of no God. But the sages explain that atheism is simply the result of egotism. Rather than accept the existence of an almighty power, A person denies it in order to pursue what they want. In a place of inflated ego, there is no room for God. The sages say, straying after your heart is a denial of God. I wonder this morning... I wonder this morning if there's anybody in this building that would say, you know what, Bishop? It's time for me to renew some things and recommit some things. I've been holding some things in reserve because they make me feel comfortable.
There are things that I've pursued and that I desire. But I can see after today that they're keeping me separated from God. And that my love is divided. And I understand that in the mind of God and the will of God that my love cannot be divided. Because He is or wants to be my Lord and my God. If you're here today and you're ready for God to be your Lord and your God and you don't want anything else to stand in its way. I want you to come today and I want you to ask God. God, let me be lovesick for you. Let me be lovesick for you. God, don't let there be anything else in my life but you. I want to be satisfied with you. Not cars, not houses, not relationships. Just you, Jesus. Just you. Come on, that's it. God, I want to be homesick. I want to be lovesick. In Jesus' name.